0: Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word.
1: Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer 2020 at gmail.com.
2: hope and stay and when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus your
3: You may be seated all right Frank uh, have you got some updates for us on our prayer concerns Good
0: morning everyone morning. Uh, Daniel's not here he's having a hard time with his back so we definitely need to need our prayers on that but, uh, hopefully he'll be here next Sunday I've had a lot of questions about the podcast. Um, real briefly, we have a new country, it's Finland, and uh, they're, they're, they're 23rd country. All right. And uh, <laughs> People ask me how I know this. Uh, see, I have it set up to a platform, and there's towers all around the world, and say if there's a tower in Mexico, which there is, and if somebody opens up our podcast, it beams that tower, and the signals my platform. So that's how I know. I don't know how many people are listening in Finland, but it's that somebody in Finland bing the tower in Finland, which came back to us, and that's how I know. So it's been growing really good. I mean, there's a lot of people listening now. So we talked about churches. Well, maybe this is the way to do it. I, I don't know, but I don't know nothing about Finland, but it kind of surprised me because I think it's pretty small and abandoned. But um, that's all I have. Thank you.
3: All right. Do you know how many uh, countries we have now that are listening to our podcast? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Twenty-three different countries that are listening to our podcast now. That's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Very thankful that uh, we're able to do this. And uh, so what we're doing right now is being beamed out, and somebody in Finland, Finland is picking it up. And of course, in Mexico and the United States and... and uh, I don't know, what all countries. Israel, did I understand that there was a... Yeah, somebody in Israel is listening. (laughs) So, uh, uh, you've done this. You've made it possible for us to have a podcast that we can send out and people can get our services. And also we're sending out our uh, Bible study that we have... At 10 o'clock on Sunday morning as well that's going out to everybody and uh, so I know people that can't come to church people that are not able to be here they're able to listen to our podcast but it's benefiting other people as well so uh, we're very thankful to the Lord for this that we're able to do this and uh, so uh, as we get started this morning we're going to have prayer Lewis would you come and lead us in prayer this morning as we... Wait, wait, wait.
2: <laughs> I have no Okay. A little announcement. All right. Um, I've put... Everyone knows I teach
3: Spanish and uh, people give me books because
2: I teach Spanish. Okay. <laughs> I've put two wonderful uh, Spanish-English dictionaries on the back table for someone to take home. It's free. And there's also a, a real fun little book
3: of Spanish lessons and that's free too. Okay. Spanish dictionaries, two of them. Two. And uh, a little workbook that uh, you're free to pick up uh, back on the back table. If Renny says they're good, she's a Spanish teacher. She knows they're good. So uh, uh, if you'd like to have uh, either one of those, feel free to pick them up. By the way, everything on that back table is free, it's not for sale. The Bibles, the other things that are back there, they're for you to pick up and take with you if you'd like to. If you need a Bible, get a Bible. They're all in English now. <laughs> they're not Spanish like uh, uh, Rennie stuff, but uh, it's there for you if you need them. Alright, Lewis, come and lead us in our opening prayer, please. And uh, then we'll get into our next song in just a moment.
4: Blessed Father thank you for this day thank you for my salvation and the salvation of my brothers and sisters here Lord uh, we're living in tough times the work of evil is always and ever present throughout the world Uh, especially for a lot of us here Uh, a lot of us are foreigners you know Americans what have you and so we, we keep track of, you know, abroad and, and the U.S. and uh, we see what's going on there and we see what's going on around the world, Lord. And I just ask that you you be with us and, and be with those that are saved, that know you and worship you and praise you daily, Lord. Thank you for all that you do for us, even in this trying time, Lord. Uh, just keeping our faith is a difficult thing. Lord, I just ask that you you be with all of us and, and help us in Jesus Christ's name I pray amen amen
3: okay uh, to the people in Finland that are listening to our podcast welcome we're glad that you're a part of it and uh, uh, we're thankful for many others around the world that are listening to our podcast and uh, uh, now our next hymn be unto your name is the name of it it's a new one to me it's maybe new to you and we're going to learn it this morning let's stand together as we sing this song be unto your name
5: Are a vapor, you are eternal, love everlasting, raining on. neighbor.
3: may be seated. Sharing the gospel boldly. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we're going to be reading from this morning. We've been talking about sharing our faith for the last several weeks. This will be the last message on this particular subject. As we look at the idea of sharing our faith or sharing the gospel boldly so second Corinthians chapter 5 I believe that's going to be up here on our screen as well you see I don't see that I forget that it's back there and uh, so I think Frank has been putting it up for the last several weeks now and we've been able to uh, read the scriptures there Chapter 5, and we'll begin with verse 11. And certainly, as David's doing, and as George is doing, and as um, some of the others are doing, (laughs) Rose, you're welcome to look in your own Bibles too. I know some of you don't have the same translation that I have. And you're able to see a little different take on the words sometimes as you read it in your translation as compared with the translation that I'm reading from. Hallman Christian Standard Bible is what I'm reading from today. And uh, so let us read, beginning in verse 11. It says, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our minds, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, Father, we thank You this morning for our salvation, as Lewis has prayed already. Thank You for redeeming us. Thank You for washing our sins away. Thank You for giving us eternal life and a home in heaven. And Father, today as we study Your Scriptures, as we understand what You have said in Your Word, We pray that we might share this with other individuals that we come in contact with. Help us share the gospel boldly as you tell us in your word. And Father, I pray that your blessings would be upon each one that's here today. You know the needs in each life. And Father, if there is one who hasn't committed themselves to you for your salvation... We pray that today would be the day that this is done. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, we're going to see that a disciple of Jesus is to share their faith with other individuals. A lot of people have the idea that Proclaiming the gospel, sharing faith, being a witness, and all of that, is only left for a select few. They would say, oh, the pastor has that responsibility. And don't get me wrong, I do. The deacons have that responsibility, or uh, a Sunday school teacher, or you you name any other individuals that might be a leader in the church. They would say, oh, they have that responsibility. But... Not me as just a regular member. But we see in the reading that we've got today and many other places in the Scriptures that it's all of our responsibility to share what's happened to us. Now you remember uh, uh, last week as we talked about this, I said that the best witness you have is what happened to you. Your experience. How you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And every one of us have a different experience. Now, I don't know where Bob was when he was saved, but there was a point in time when Bob understood the gospel and turned to Jesus Christ and asked Him to be his Savior. Am I right, Bob? And there was a time in my life, I've shared my testimony several times from this pulpit. You know a little bit about my background. How I grew up in church, but I didn't know the Lord. How I made a false profession of faith in vacation Bible school of all places. And I wasn't saved. And then, I came to know the Lord. I was 13 years old. But as we think about salvation, it's all of our responsibility that know Jesus as our Savior to share that experience with those around us, those that we come in contact with. I'll share with you some of those that have done that in just a moment. But statistics don't lie. In 1993, now it's been a few years ago, hasn't it? So you may not have even been alive in 1993, I don't know. (laughs) How old are you? But anyway, uh, 1993, the Barna Group, I don't know whether you're familiar with them, they do research and they did a research project and one of the findings that they came out with was that 89%, 89% of Christians who had shared their faith, agreed now these individuals had shared their faith with somebody and they all agreed that it was the responsibility of every Christian to do that they followed up 25 years later with this same survey this same question and It was only 64% that said that it was every Christian's responsibility to do that. Somewhere along the line, we're not relaying to fellow Christians that we all have a responsibility to let others know about Jesus. Now let me just share this with you for just a second. Let's say that I was the only one that had the responsibility of sharing the gospel, showing people how to be saved. How many people could I share that with? Not very many, right? But if it's all of our responsibility who know Jesus as our Savior to share that faith, how many people could we possibly share that message with? it's multiple times that one individual right and so the lord has given all of us that responsibility when jesus was leaving matthew 28 chapter verses 18 through 20 we find him on the mount ready to be raised into heaven of course the disciples didn't know this They were just gathered around him, listening to him teach. This was after the resurrection, of course. And so, Jesus gave what we call the Great Commission. Commissioning us. We know what a commission is, right? A responsibility given to somebody else. And so, he gave what is called the Great Commission to those that were gathered around Him. And He said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, right? All of us are. We have that responsibility to go and do that. Someone has said, Don't be weird. Just be yourself. (laughs) And I think that's... A good thought. We need to give our experience to those that we come in contact with, and let them know what happened to us. Now, I mentioned that study a moment ago, how that there was a twenty-five percent drop in the a twenty-five point drop in the twenty-five years between the two study that Barna made, then Lifeway. Uh, came out with a study recently that said 80% of those who attend church one or more times a month. Now that's not too faithful, is it? If you only came one or two times a month, I I don't know that I would say, oh, she's very faithful or he's very faithful (laughs) to our church. But they only came that often. And 80% of those that came just that often said that it was their personal responsibility to share their faith. Yet despite that, only 61% of those that were taking the survey said that they had shared their faith in the last six months. Why has evangelism waned? What happened in that 25 years that we talked about in that Barna study? Well, we know that mainline liberal congregations don't believe in hell. They don't believe that Jesus is the only way to be saved. And they think that sharing their faith is useless. We can understand where they're coming from. But one research project said that 46% of millennials, that's people that were born between 1981 and 1996, believe sharing their faith is wrong wrong and that sharing their faith might damage somebody else's spirit. (laughs) Wow. We can look at all kinds of different things here this morning. A lack of urgency and intentionality. I think, is too common in conservative churches, which I would classify our church as. We need a sense of urgency. And it was that sense of urgency that led Willard to share his faith. Let me tell you about his story for just a moment. Willard was dying of cancer. He knew he didn't have very long to live. So he asked that all of his grandchildren be brought to his hospital bed. And they did come. Every one of them. And as they stood around his hospital bed, Willard clearly shared the gospel, shared his faith with those that were around his bed that day. And he called on each one of them to commit their lives to Christ because he told them he wanted to make sure that he would see them again. research tells us that cultural Christianity is all but dead the United States had the lowest birth rate in 2020 in the history of the nation and then transfer growth and of course you understand our churches grow by people populating our churches by your children coming to church, growing up in church, understanding their need of salvation, and trusting Jesus as their Savior. That's how, one way, how our churches grow, right? And then transfer growth. That's people coming from another church to our church, and that's how our church is populated here. Almost all of you have come from another church, haven't you? Maybe that church is in the United States, but you came from another church. And then discipleship, evangelism. It needs to become a part of the DNA of a church, just who they are. In the Jesus Film Project, some of you remember that. It's been a few years ago now, also, hasn't it? but Mel Gibson wanted to share Jesus with the world and he tried through that film and the Jesus film project asked people what kept them from sharing their faith what kept them from telling others about Jesus because they knew that that was the way for individuals to really know about Jesus not just a one-time film, not just a one-time portrayal of of Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension back to heaven as it portrayed in that film, but us telling people our experience, what happened to us. And He asked the question, what kept them from sharing the Gospel with others? And here's the most common answers. Fear of rejection. Afraid people will turn us off. Or fear of hostility. That they might actually harm us if we shared our faith with them. And then, second was a lack of opportunity. And then, too busy. Or too shy, or didn't feel equipped, didn't know how to tell people about Jesus. This morning, I hope you feel more equipped to share your faith after you leave this building than what you felt when you came in. When you feel more equipped, When you feel more ready, you can have more confidence and less fear of rejection, less fear of hostility and all of these other things that we mentioned. We read this morning from the book of 1 Corinthians. This church was a mess. We've studied this particular letter, epistle. In the past there were factions fighting sexual immorality lack of care for others misuse of the Lord's Supper if you remember what was going on there and false teachers leading people astray all of this in this church now the Apostle Paul actually wrote two letters to this church to rebuke their problems and to challenge them to do what they needed to be doing. But one of the things he's talking about here is them sharing their faith. That's what we read about just a moment ago. What is the all of all this in verse 18 let me read that verse again all this is from God who reconciled us to himself what is all this well he's referring back actually to previous verses that the Apostle Paul has given to them verses 14 and 15 where it says for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again He's talking about the Gospel, isn't he? He's talking about Jesus giving His life for us. And He's talking about how that we were all dead in trespasses and sins. All of us were. And every individual had to be born again. Had to come alive from the dead. Now I know we talk about Jesus coming alive from the dead, don't we? But do you realize that His being raised from the dead gives us the opportunity to trust in Him, asking Him to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when we do that, we're born again. We have new life from above. The word there completes means press together, constrain, confine, control. It's not our love for Christ that does that, but His love for us that constrains us, that compels us, that helps us in our witness for Him to those that are in the world. The Apostle John wrote this, 1 John 4, 19. We love because He first loved us. We love Him because He loved us. Christ's love compels us. And we're brought to Him. We're attracted to Him because of His love. It's not our witness It's not our telling somebody how we were saved, but it's the love of Christ that's in that message that compels them to come to Christ in repentance and faith and trust Him as their personal Savior. So don't think it's left up to us to convince them, to compel them, to make them be saved. We can't do that. In fact, regardless of how good our testimony might be, it's not that that's going to compel them to be saved. It's the love of Christ the Apostle Paul is telling us here. And John is telling us as well. What was the Apostle Paul convinced of? Verse 15. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. In other words, when we become a child of God, when we are forgiven of our sins, there should be so much gratitude in our hearts about what Christ has done for us that we share that. We let others know what happened to us. He was convinced that Christ died for us. I hope you're convinced of that today too. And He died for us that we might live His life for Him. You understand what I'm saying? Christ is no longer on this earth, is He? But He called us collectively to live our lives for Him that others might see Christ in us. And they might understand their need of trusting Him as their Savior. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 10, He says, He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. How did He understand God's amazing grace? Notice verse 16. So from now on, We regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. You see, this Paul that wrote this letter had at one time been lost. Had been a child of the devil, if you will. Had been persecuting the churches. Killing people. He was responsible for Stephen's death. And from what he says in his writings, he was responsible for others being killed as well. And he met the Lord on the road to Damascus. And as he met the Lord, he asked the Lord to forgive him of his sins, to cleanse him from all of his unrighteousness, and to give him the salvation That His life, death, burial, and resurrection provided for humanity. And He trusted that. And He was saved. And He was forever changed. And He began to share that message of Jesus with the world. He said, from now on we regard no one in a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. You see, he went back to what he thought of Christ before he was saved. He thought Christ was a hypocrite. He thought Christ was telling a lie. He didn't understand that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior, God in the flesh. But he understood that as he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. You see, the Lord asked Peter, I mean, asked Paul, he said, Is it hard for you to kick against the pricks? Now, that's a saying that we don't understand too much today. Back in olden times when you plowed with a horse they provided things on that horse to keep him from kicking and if it did kick they would be pricked they would be hurt and he was asking Paul about his Situation right there. You see, he had heard Stephen as he preached to all those that were gathered around him when he was killed about Jesus. And he was convicted then. Oh, he didn't believe it, but he was convicted. And it was only on the road to Damascus he understood that Jesus was Lord, that he was the Savior. And he had been fighting against Jesus all of that time. And so, we can look back at our lives before we were saved. And we can see what we were guilty of. We can see what what we were doing. We can see how bad we were. And then understand how forgiven we are. That he no longer holds our sins against us. But he has cleansed us of all unrighteousness. And we have his salvation. Because of what he did for us. It may be today that there's some here. Who have never trusted in Jesus. I want you to understand today what you need to do. If you don't understand, I'd like to show you from the Word of God what you need to do. And then the Bible tells us that we can become ambassadors for Him, but only after we know Him as our Savior. Only after we're a child of God. And God is calling all to come to Him. He's asking those that don't know Him to turn from their sins and receive the gift of eternal life. The gift of eternal life. It's not something that you work for. It's not something you earn. It's not something that you're able to achieve. But it's something God wants to give you. And He says, Come to Me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As we stand together this morning and we close out our service, at the cross is the song that we're going to sing. As we stand and we sing this song together, make the decision God wants you to make this morning. And maybe you need to come to His cross and make that decision of all decisions to trust him
2: the cross
3: Dr. Fred, can you get a hold of a microphone there and lead us in our closing prayer, please? Or you can just come to the front. (laughs) All right. Thank you for being here this morning. Please be in prayer for our Wednesday evening service that's all by podcast. I wish we could have uh, a service. Rennie was saying, can we come? (laughs) But Wednesday evening service on podcast. And then our next Sunday service as well. Dr. Fred, lead us in prayer. Us. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ, our Savior. Yes, Father. Father, help us to be all that we're supposed to be. Lord, we know we're not going to live forever. And we know that we'll face the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ himself. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing, and we give you the praise in his name. Amen.
1: Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist 2020 at gmail.com.
2: Thank you, and God bless.